baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx, the 30th day of July 2018. Folks, another day or so, and then we're in the month for football. Appreciate you joining us today. As always, and spending a little part of your morning with us, we're here to educate, enlighten, enrage, enthrall, and that's about all the descriptive things I can come up with this morning. <laughs> At least too early. At least yeah. well, very well too early for uh, for us to do that. But uh, we're brought to you by somebody that is absolutely incredible, Dr. David Weber, Northrun Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get anywhere, folks, in the free world. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545. Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Uh, for another week or so, you can chime in and call us at 888-993-7762, 888-993-7762. And you can always shoot us a text message at the same number, 888-993-7762, which is the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line and hotline. Correct. Uh, speaking of hot, we got some takes over the weekend, Jamie. Uh, oh, quite a few. Football getting closer. Mm-hmm. Um, some controversies there. LeBron James' 13-year-old son dunks. Gee, never saw that coming. Bronny? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's apologized for calling him Bronny, and the kid can dunk at 13. Uh, who didn't see that one coming? Yeah, I did, didn't see uh, that one coming. I'm surprised he can dunk in 11. But, uh, uh, we have a fan, mm-hmm. and it's up on the thing, who uh, pees all over, urinates all over the Dallas Cowboys star at uh, Jerry World. For what reason? Films himself doing it. I'm thinking if I'm a prosecutor, or uh, or, or you know, what have you, yeah, he's. Uh, you know, there are there are, there's the jail. It posted on social media. <laughs> there's there's the jail itself. There's outside the jail. There's inside the jail. That should be under the jail. I, I you know what what possesses people? They're idiots. And, and then to tape it or video it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just in case you won't take my word for it. Yeah, I and you won't you. take the still photographs. I've got video. Of me doing Man, that, um, is, and is it says gone. respect the star. And this is a shot. Now, everybody's got mixed feelings, and everybody gets emotional about this. And you know us at the edge, we're always one to shy away from controversy. We don't, we don't like you. I'm going to read you the uh, the yep. junior high bowling league scores. To, no, I'm not. We're going to jump into some controversial stuff. And I want your thoughts on it, your text on it, uh, where we're at. So over the weekend. You know, it's it's football season's getting ready to go again. And so the NFL, whose rankings have tanked mm-hmm. the last two years for uh, several different reasons, uh, not the least of which is the controversy over players kneeling for the national anthem. And the, the owners have gotten into this. For example, Arthur Blank from uh, Atlanta said, hey, my guys can kneel all they want to. Uh, the Philadelphia owner, uh, Jeffrey Laurie, the defending Super Bowl champion, said, hey, no, I'm going to pay their fine. That's fine. And then you have owners like Jerry Jones that said, look, if you play for the Dallas Cowboys, you will stand for the National Anthem. And, I and just, that's fine, I, too. I want to make this point. I think all of those owners, every single one of them, 
have the right to make whatever decision they want to make for their organization mm-hmm. within the auspices of the loosely governed NFL. But isn't that the diversity that we think about in America, the diversity of thought? Some owners are like, hey, it's really good with us. Hey, we want you to do it. Other owners are like, nah, I don't think so. You know what all that's based off of? It's not based off their higher moral high ground that they feel on any side of it. It's based off what the demographics are telling them about their fan base, folks. Exactly. That's what it's based off of. Uh, not that I don't think that people don't have respect uh, or have issue uh, with certain things. I do. I think that factors into it. But so Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, vice president over the last week, said, look, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, on Sunday we will stand. So Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the de facto, since uh, Whitten retired, mm-hmm. the de facto two leaders of the Dallas Cowboys. Correct. I mean, sorry. Uh, we're not even going to get into the Dez and, and Snake Lee comments just yet. That That's another topic for a little bit. Maybe <laughs> that's later a whole on. show in itself. Uh, it's a segment. But yeah. so Dez and Ezekiel Elliott both come out and said, look, that, that's what we're going to do. And, I mean, they, they respected the fact that I, I understand that certain players uh, people feel certain ways and they're very strong. You know, we're, we're going to play football on Sunday. Man, they are being eviscerated in the national media. You would think that Dak Prescott just got elected president of the KKK with yeah, some of the oh, comments out there yeah. that were, were made. So, basically, you're free to think whatever you want to, Jamie, unless it doesn't agree with what I think, and then you are throwing your favorite adjective, uh, slander, slur, and, uh, and put it in there. So, well, obviously, you don't have a right to disagree with me uh, I, on this issue. I give Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott props for this. They probably looked at their last check stub and saw who signed it. <clears throat> okay? So, they're sellouts. Uh, no. They are absolutely loyal to their employer, who may not eventually be eventually part with them. But in, in, while they're in the employment of the Dallas Cowboys – just like we will do here at the radio station, and most people, you know, you can either you can either conform to the uh, dictates of who you work for, or you can quit, or you can you can voice your opinion and they can fire you, or you can voice your opinion and they say we'll make the changes that that you're recommending. I mean, you eventually it comes a point in time, Terry, where you know he who you know, it's the golden rule. Who he, he, he who has the gold rules, and that's the way it is. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that you know uh, some people feel like this is unfair. But hey, you know, if the guy in Philadelphia saw this as a threat to his organization, you can better believe that he would say we're going to to stand. But apparently, he feels like he's got a demographic or a fan base, and he himself, and and that's what we'll do. I mean, we'll find out this year. Unfortunately. Uh, it's an issue that just won't seem to go away, and you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see where the Cowboys are doing anything wrong. If, if the Eagles feel like this is not an insult to their fan base, then they'll do what what they're going to do. But eventually, the revenues will dictate what direction they go in. If you are employed, I know it's it may not seem fair out there, folks, but. You're, you work at the behest of your employer, just like you work at the behest of the president. If they don't say like the way you comb your hair that day and fire you, there ain't a hell of a lot you can do about it. Jerry Jones, as far as the Dallas Cowboys, you know where I stand. The team knows where I stand. 
Our policy is you stand during the anthem, toe on the line. Uh, Stephen Jones, his son, executive vice president, uh, took it a little bit further. He elaborated when they asked about what what Jerry had said. He goes, look, we're certainly supportive. And he's talking about the players. When they have their personal issues or personal things they want to pursue. And we'll help them pursue them on Tuesdays. But when you're wearing the Dallas Cowboy uniform and a Dallas Cowboy helmet and you're working for the Dallas Cowboys, you check the I and the me at the door. You're part of a team. And so now everybody's going crazy over constitutional rights. Let me ask you a question. Let's just say you're a driver for UPS or FedEx. And tell me what you're supposed to wear. When, when you when you go to jobs like that, they require you to wear the uniform of UPS. What if I don't like? What if I don't look good in brown? I just I, that's just not my color. Well, then you go to work for uh, a, a FedEx organization that doesn't wear yeah, brown. Well, my, my, I, Jamie, I don't really look good in like that orange and blue either. Well, I, then go to work. I want to wear you know, a black UPS. Pantera T-shirt every day with my holy jeans and uh, some sandals or flip flops. And that's what I want to do. Matter of fact, I want to go out to the mill in West Monroe. And the work boots, yeah, I'm not digging that, man. I think I want to wear some Nikes. Would that, would that be okay? I mean, it, no, my feet could get crushed and all that. And you know what? The helmet, I, I just don't like your rules. Yeah. I, I don't like – and so am I making a big – am I making a moral judgment over the needlers or no? No, I'm not doing that. What I'm telling you is that every employer on the planet – has rules, regulations, uh, there's a culture of this is what we do and why we do it. NFL is a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, the least amount of money you can get paid as a player is like, what, half a million dollars? Mm-hmm. So let's just say half a million dollars is a little bit That's higher. The minimum is about five sixty-five. Okay, I so think. it's a little bit higher than probably the average income in North Louisiana. Southern Arkansas, East Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a fair statement? That's a very fair statement. And so if they tell you, they didn't tell you that, um, hey, you can't do things, you can't feel the way that you feel. They said when we come out on Sunday for our, this is our business day. It's Sunday. That's our the day of our business. This is what you're going to do is to be part of our team. And if you don't want to do it, not a problem. You won't be playing here. People are losing their mind. And, again, go back to FedEx. Hey, I want to wear my Pantera T-shirt. Uh, sorry, dude. Well, and then it's come about owners. Well, they shouldn't be making it. Folks, you're the. Uh, it's like it's your house. If you own your house, I probably don't have the right to come and tell you that, hey, Jamie, you know, man, I'm just not digging your driveway. <laughs> I think you need to have a crushed shell driveway. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just you can't. Well, look, you you can't have everything the way you want it just because you feel strongly or not strongly about it. And again, I'm not saying stand or don't stand. As for me, I'm standing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I get that some people have issues or a lot of people have issues with the way that we do things, have done things over the course of the year. And I'm absolutely all about discussing those things, um, be it in the media, be it at, at public forums. And we try to move forward because the, the country has moved forward incredibly well, despite what some people will tell you. I mean, have we had our issues? Absolutely. Has the NFL had their issues? Sure. But to throw everything away, uh, just based on, you know, angry people are the least productive members of society, right? If you're angry, think about that. People that you work with, I don't know, I'm angry right now, so I'm not real productive, but they're 
they're the least productive members of society. There's got to be a way that we can pull everybody together on this. And I think you see the diversity in thought with the way the owners are responding. I think this is why Goodell wants no part of it because he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't here. If he comes down the before, you're going to have everybody upset. If he comes the other way, you're going to have everybody upset. His best thing probably is to let the individual owners do what they're going to do because they're going to cover this ad nauseum, and you're going to have a lot of people that are going to get turned off by it. You have a lot of people that say, hey, I, I, I appreciate that. I like what they're doing. They're calling uh, attention to an issue that's that's very much in the forefront of, of a lot of people's thought process. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Goodell is basically pocket vetoing this deal. Well, he, he probably will, uh, is to some extent, and um, and we'll get back to uh, you know the the guy that has a, a, a t- apparently a, a inclination to relieve himself on the Cowboys star again. That's uh, you know to me, I know that's in the big scheme of things is probably, but it, it does speak to your point, Terry, about decorum in society. Now, where are we as far as we cannot have a. Uh, sports, and we don't like to talk about this because, but unfortunately, sports has become a microcosm of society. Always and has been, Jamie. It, it, it has, and now even more so. And I think the the diversity of thought is uh, somewhat representative of what's going on all across the country, and that we all feel differently uh, about certain things. The South is, unfortunately, we we feel differently than a lot of people. I mean, I've I've worked with a lot of people from the northern part of the United States, beautiful part of the country, uh, great people in, in a lot of ways, but I'll be the first to admit, I've always felt they've had, and I may be just being overly sensitive, I've always felt they had a superiority complex over people such as myself because when I open my mouth to them, I don't sound that intelligent, and they're probably right. But I've always felt like there's been a bias toward people from the south in business because they don't, they don't come across as as smart. Is people from the northern part of the country, and they'll let you know that real quick. And so it, it you talk about anger and everything. It does. It builds up resentment, and then that's when discussion starts to break down. Uh, then you start to get, you know, emotions involved, and people, you know, don't get anything done. The NFL is a great institution. Uh, I know my, my son is very, very upset about it because he wants the NFL to see. Guess what? So do I. Yep. So let's get find a way to talk about this. Let's just hope the NFL it. wants to succeed. I do too. This is Sports Talk 97.7. I got a ton of text to read. I knew this would be a hot button. That's why I threw it out there. You listen to Sports Talk. Oh, man, I almost went with it. I almost had like a two-year flashback. It can happen. Yeah, it can happen. I was reading something, thinking about something else. Anyway, this is The Edge. Our segment sponsored this morning by Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, tremendous North Louisiana attorney, specialized in criminal defense, wrongful death, personal injury, whatever you need. Bobby is the man for you. Give him a call today, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. The edge, the NFL controversy rolls on after this break. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, Jamie Foxx rolling here on the edge. Uh, Your thoughts, your text, got a bunch of them to read out here. Uh, Okay, so over the weekend, or toward the end of last week, I started watching, I told you guys this is pretty good. Um, the latest Netflix installment of Last Chance You. Now, the first two years, Jamie, or the first two seasons, were at East Mississippi Community College. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddy Stevens, inter- yeah. interesting deal. I had mean, some, had some, spent some time here. Yeah, as a matter spent of fact, some time yeah. here, and um, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, 
I sort of I lived the JUCO life for a couple years, so I sort of related yeah. to to okay. a lot of that. Um, I highly encourage you. Now, let me let me edit this one first. Let me give you a disclaimer. If you have small children or people who are offended by extraordinarily vile language, and when I say extraordinarily vile, remember I coached in college for 20 plus, plus There's years. There's a lot of extraordinarily so, vile yeah, language, Yeah, I've yes. heard a lot of extraordinarily vile language. Uh, this ranks right up there. Um, Independence Community College in Kansas. It is in Independence, Kansas, as yes, a matter of Independence, fact. Independence, Kansas. And you got to understand, Kansas and Texas junior colleges, and Mississippi for that matter, the majority of them are in little small communities. Think Rabels. That, that's kind of pretty much what they are. You know, anywhere from 12 to 25,000, 30,000 people, for the most part. That, that's what they are. The community college have, has been there for eons. Right. It's a source of pride about the team. I was in Navarro which is in Corsicana, Texas, which is south of Dallas and what is east Corsicana, of Waco. about 50,000? Oh, no, 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 no. It used, it used to be a big oil place. It's, it's probably, Corsicana is Rabel. Okay, 25. Yeah, it's 20, 25,000, okay. maybe. Okay. Um, at any rate, so I, I'd spend some time there, and uh, it, it's, it's different. And so they go to Independence, Kansas, which has been a doormat mm-hmm. for, you know, since Napoleon was running around. And so they hire a guy named Jason Brown. Uh, white guy from Compton, California. Wow. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said. Not many white folks from Compton, California. <laughs> he is a, a, a white a guy Compton from native, Compton, yes. California, Compton and uh, interesting individual. He has been, uh, his claim to fame, he quit a team. Uh, he was coaching at Garden City Community yeah. College in Kansas, which is not too far out of Denver, and uh, quit eight days before the season when he got into a fist fight with the head coach. Wow, this guy's—he was the guy's offensive some, coordinator. He's yeah. tough. He's tough, a, he's a tough character. He's a, he's a kind of a tough guy. At any rate, dude, they f- go unfiltered on him. So it, it, they have end up having, I think, twenty-six Division One transfers at Independence. At Independence Community College, wow, they're very talented. They a got way a, station for Division One transfers. Uh yes, and they come with their problems. At any rate, they had a kid that was a running back at Texas A and M, another kid from Penn State. Uh, yeah, Florida State leads the free world in uh, disgruntled, maladjusted quarterbacks, and yet they have another one that Florida State gets rid of. He's a five-star kid from California. Uh, how the balls didn't get him into their family, I'm not sure. He goes out there, and so the coach, the head coach, is a uh, – you would call him a tough love guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he speaks to them, to the players, um, like you would treat uh, – I think Michael Michael Vick treated his dogs a little better in some cases than the language the guy uses all year. I mean, it's he has a uh, limited vocabulary. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, but uh, if let's just say you know the old drinking games you play in college, or some people would play, if you took a shot every time this guy dropped an f bomb, you would you'd be drunk. No, no, you'd be dead. Okay, you'd be dead of alcohol. I mean, it's just it's so over the top, and I know it's made for television. Uh, and you listen to the kids, and you listen, you know, I, I'm just, I refuse to accept this. And maybe I'm old school. Maybe that's why I'm not coaching in college right now. But I refuse to accept the fact that you have to just dog curse every single human being you come in contact with because that's what they're used to. And that's the only way you can get them to conform. You know, do, do a lot of people speak this way? Sure. And, and, you know, again, that's your, you do whatever you want to do. But if everybody treats you that way, and I had a really good friend of mine tell me this. We, we talked here a couple of days ago, really, really good coach, and we we're having the same conversation. 
And he said, you know, if everybody in their life treats kids, you know, cursing them and, and doing why don't you be the one that doesn't? Because where they're at right now, that's the culmination of what's happened to them thus far. Why don't you be the person that doesn't? And, like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But I highly, highly recommend that um, that you watch Last Chance You. Even my wife was sitting there with her mouth wide open, like, oh, my God, did you do? Like, no. I mean, some of it, yeah, some of it's legit because you're dealing with kids from from very different backgrounds. You're dealing with kids that literally are inner city kids in some cases. Some cases they're so far out in the country that they have to take a bus to go to town. Mm-hmm. And you throw them all together in a, in a football situation. And, again, football, folks, it's, it's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Right. Uh, all these guys were the best players on their high school teams. They were absolute studs. You get out there and then you realize there's a whole other world of players that can play. Um, it, it was an entertaining, interesting, uh, I, I think it was like six episodes and I'm not going to spoil the stuff for you, but it's like my wife was openly sitting there rooting for him to lose because of the coach. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you see some of the players are not painted in the best light. Mm-hmm. Um, now I was trying to explain my, to my youngest son, like, you know, people are different. You don't get that. There's a lot of different people out there. And I know as a junior college coach, you're very protective of those kids. Yet sometimes they say because one of the ladies they had a very strong black lady that was one of the leads. She was one of the instructors, and she way went way out of her way to try to help these kids. And like, look, you're not just a football player; you're a human being. Mm-hmm. Let's get your education. In a lot of cases, you're sitting there trying to make up stuff, Jamie. You know, you went through high school and basically didn't do anything, which is why you're in junior college to begin with. All right, you're academically deficient. Now, football and basketball are different. Baseball, you got a lot of kids that have grades that go to junior college. Mm-hmm. Sometimes football and basketball, you have a, most of the kids are not academically qualified, or they had to bounce out of Division One. But the kids are not qualified academically. You roll them into school, and you're trying to make up for 12 years. Yes. Of yes, exactly inferior education or inferior opportunity, or maybe they had great educational opportunity, they just didn't take advantage of it for whatever reason. And so all those things factor together, and so she had a great point. She said, you know, but because it's easy to say, hey, go to class. And, and that's common sense to everybody in a lot of ways, right? Just go to class. Well, let me throw this at you. You and I are reasonably intelligent. I, we're probably right on the C scale. Mm-hmm. The fact that both of us have college degrees tells you kids listening out there, if we can do it, it ain't you can that hard. Yeah, you can do it. Okay. Um it would be like this. If they sit, they took you and I and put us in a doctor's class. An now, anatomy? An ana- a a, a uh, medical anatomy class right. full of doctors. Correct. And they're teaching at 20 times the level. I mean, I can identify the elbow and the foot and the neck and stuff like that. But they're into the surgical spots, the lab, you know, all the stuff that I have no concept of. It would not encourage me to go back to that class and be made feel like an idiot again. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? And well, I think a lot of kids get caught up in that yeah. and they're embarrassed. Uh, well, that's why they have remediation. Well, you, sometimes you got to do remedials on the remedials, and then there's the specter of them trying to graduate uh, on top of that. And so there's a lot of moving parts to this. Oh, by the way, they're in the middle of Kansas, completely away from uh, – and Kansas is Mississippi, but colder. Pretty much. Not as many trees. Yeah, it's just colder. 
Uh, you know, it gets cold in October in Kansas. And so they're dealing with all these things. They're talking on camera. By now, everybody knows Netflix is filming it. But uh, you want to talk about a, a study in sociological and cultural politics. Man, it was it – was, you couldn't get enough of it by, by one mean, the other mean. Like, why would anybody put themselves through this? Well, I'm, I'm, number one, I'm glad they showed this because, number one, it's real, and, and there's kids that are being exposed to that every day. But I think it goes back a little bit, Terry, to what we were talking about sooner in the sense that earlier about uh, civility, decorum. Uh, you are, whether it's junior college or, or you know, a four-year institution, you're there for an education primarily. That's The goal is – whether it be junior college or is to get you to a point in life where you can sustain yourself, right? You, you can, you can uh, live in society, be a productive human being, and, and that's what these junior colleges are supposedly trying to do is to try to get kids ready for the next level. In their case, the next level is a four-year school or at least, you know, graduating from the junior college. The thing that's sad is, like you, like you were talking about from the – class perspective is these kids and this is where we make the mistake kids are not lost by the time they graduate high school they're, they're they're lost by the time they're in the first or second grade if there's not a parent in that household that is emphasizing education emphasizing they do their homework emphasizing self-discipline emphasizing you know going to class you know doing your homework before you go out and whatever you do uh, that's why structure is so important if a kid doesn't have the structure by the time they're in the third grade, or at least, then it's probably too late, and that's where I think we're making our mistakes. And so, but it's good that something like this is showing Terry because it was opening to you, who's even coached at that level. Uh, obviously, you know, to your wife, she was aghast, and this is something that needs to be addressed. Nothing against the guy from Compton, the coach. Uh, he's doing what he thinks he has to. Oh, they have the president on there. We'll talk about this. I want to hold this one over to the next segment. Did he curse like the No, the president is like uh, Flanders from The Simpsons. And he's like, uh, you know, he's going to be eviscerated by all the political correct warriors out there and and, and maybe deserve some of it. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, Jamie Foxx, The Edge, well, at least sort of. Uh, This segment brought to you by our friends at GB Cooley, reminding you of sport and crummy worthwhile cause, Louisiana Special Olympics. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox. <laughs> You're all of the above. You wouldn't believe what goes on in the breaks. It's, well, I wonder if, like, the, the you know, the Fox National people, if Cowherd's getting texts and we go back and forth. Makes it fun. It does. Well, I mean, we all have, you know, I thought politics and all this and that we don't really want, it, it, it's about solutions. And, boy, Hard to find common ground now, isn't it? You know what common ground is? What I believe. What I believe, yeah. You're all wrong, and I'll tell you your opinion. Yeah, and and, and we've got a guy that's looking for work now, Dez Bryant. Oh, who, Dez. Who is, you know, had a, had a pretty good run there, Put I thought. Put the Twitter down, Dez. Yeah, he had a pretty good run. And I think, you know, but Dez, let's, and I, I'm just going to say this, and maybe it's unfair, but I would say, Des Bryant is not the sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, is that a fair statement? I mean, he's he's came from a tough background. I understand, and, and didn't um, you know didn't necessarily have, but he has not really uh, done himself any favors. He had a chance to go sign with the Ravens. He thought he was worth more than they were. So hey, free country, right? He declined the offer, and now 
he is uh, basically can't understand why nobody wants to sign him. Well, and, he goes and on the a- Netflix that you saw, but there was one about the Cowboys too, right? Oh dear God, that didn't talk do about, him, that didn't do him any favors. Talk about the f bombs flying. Well, oh no, God. I mean, no, it wasn't that bad for him. But and again, I can edit Jamie if I follow you around with a camera. I can edit stuff. Oh yeah, it can to make you make look, you look, like, look like a devil any way I want. Right. You can be the greatest guy on the face of the earth, or I can make you look like Hitler. Mm-hmm. And I don't throw the Hitler term out there loosely, but uh, you could. But I, but I could, and right. people do all the day, uh, all the time. Anyway, the the all or nothing. The Dallas Cowboys was a very revealing look at their 2017 season. All right, uh, high aspirations, expectations coming in. You know, it showed them dealing with Ezekiel Elliott. Well, he's suspended. No, no, he's not. They were doing really well when he wasn't suspended. Uh, he gets suspended. They nosedive. They lose some close games. You see a different side of Jason Garrett. <clears throat> yeah, a J- Yale or Harvard graduate, too, I believe. Yeah, he, he, he's got some. Uh, Doesn't use a lot of Yale and Harvard language. Well, he's got some stuff that the guy in Independence is going, wait, wait, what do you say? I'm I got to use that. I'm envious. I've never heard that before. Um, at any rate, so that shows you. And then you see Des Bryant, who Des Bryant fits what people think of him. Des Bryant has been an extraordinarily talented wide receiver. He's been troublesome. You know, his last year at Oklahoma State, he wasn't eligible, failed a drug test. Uh, very difficult surroundings in Lufkin. He was brought up yeah, in. Yeah, tough, tough Goes situation. to the Cowboys, becomes a very, very good receiver for the Cowboys. I don't think – and I'm a Cowboys fan, and I know a lot of people are not. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think he ever fulfilled what Cowboy fan hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. You know, you hoped he was going to be just that breakout dynamic. Uh, Lynn Swan, Franco Harris um, type receiver. I mean, just a big, big timer, and he never really. Well, he was. He had a productive career. He was I would productive, say. but he was never that alpha guy that you thought he could be. Not a Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah, not a Jerry. And you, I mean, you're thinking this guy's got all the. T- anyway, you see it throughout the the show, and poor Derek Dooley. Uh, I mean, he went off on Derek Dooley more times well, than wait, you could ever imagine. Wait, 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 before you say poor Derek Dooley, don't don't ever feel it sorry. It made him a sympathetic character. That's how My, bad this that's was. That's how bad it was, and I'm sorry yeah. I missed that. Yes. And so I don't know if he drinks, but I'd be starting if I were him. Anyway, it just shows Des Bryant is a very needy, uh, self-centered individual that was trying to do right, I think, at, at, at a lot of the times. But his me-me-me-ism would, would bleed over. And so the Cowboys cut him mm-hmm. because they owed him. They were going to owe him a bunch of money, and to be honest with you, Name the last wide receiver that took people to a Super Bowl. I'll wait. You can't answer that because they don't. And the uh, the analytics back that up. I mean, they help. But, again, it's a sports car. They're the rims on a sports car. Right. They're really nice, but that's what they are. And so Dez on, by the way, he's still not signed by anyone. And on Friday, <laughs> if there was any goodwill left with the Cowboys, and Jerry Jones took him under his wing now. Jerry Jones, very productive. I would say. Or the very word, protective, rather. I would say coddled him. Yeah, and because he was trying to get something. Uh, yeah, he's trying to help Dez in a lot of different ways. And so, anyway, uh, Dez Bryant caught wind that Stephen Jones did something on Sirius XM, XM uh, NFL Radio on mm-hmm. Friday. Um, in the interview, Stephen Jones basically blamed Des Bryant, or that's what they thought, for Dak Prescott's struggles in 2017. Dak had the sophomore jinx. You know, again, we've talked about this before. As a quarterback coming into the league, there's not that much tape on you other than college. Right. You come in, and and Dak Prescott set people on their ear that first year when Tony Romo got hurt. Well, what happens after that first year? 
People prepare for you. They get tendencies. They got film. They analyze your strengths and weaknesses, and they devise a game plan that was not possible that first year. And you also had Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott having a breakout year. And so uh, Stephen Jones made the comment, Dak is working on his game and his accuracy. He's got to trust the system. I think uh, last year was tough with Des Bryant in his ear. I think he'll have the year he had in 2016, if not better. And so do you not think that, De- that Des Bryant was in Dak's ear as a, as a first-year rookie quarterback? Throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the Absolutely. And so this upset Des, not because it was the truth, but because it probably was. And so he goes on Twitter. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of these things. I'm gonna expletive deleted some of them. Here we go with that scapegoat stuff. I charged everything to the game and went the other way. Y'all know what the real problem is. Don't put it on me with that expletive, garbage expletive expletive play calling. Yeah. Uh, everybody lined up in the same spot for 17 weeks. So basically, said it was the fault of the offensive coordinator, of your, your 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 friends, uh, and Jason Garrett. And anyway, he goes off on Sean Lee. Sean Lee was very close with him. Uh, apparently, he called him Snake Lee, and then he blamed Snake Lee for getting him cut. Uh, it was Sean Lee's fact that I was I was cut, um, and nothing about Sean Lee's character going back to college gives that statement any credence. Then Des goes even further. Now Jerry Jones, and you could like him, you could hate him, and we could talk about Blank and Jeffrey Laurie and all these owners that are multi bazillionaires. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know you might like them, you not you might not, but they're not morons. You don't get to that point in life by being a moron, right? I mean, but, so here was Dez's quote. He's not. He's talking about uh, uh, Stephen Jones. Stephen's not clueless. Jerry was the only one who was clueless. It was planned to get to get me out. Ask Travis and ask my brother Snake Lee. I mean Sean Lee. And so. He blames everybody but Jerry. And Jerry, it wasn't his fault because Jerry's too stupid to know what's going on. Well, all right. Well, those of you, <laughs> if they want to make this a social, remember who else is uh, leaving the Cowboys after this year? Jason Witten. So, arguably, two of the biggest targets in the Cowboys offense for Dak Prescott are, are gone. Uh, Witten's retired and, uh, and Dez is um, uh, twittering. So, if we can – and he's had, you know, some overtures from some other teams, but please go to Cleveland. <laughs> well, please I, go to Cleveland. I would love it because, and don't stop there. Get Pac-Man Jones on there too as defensive back. Get uh, bring in Dez and Pac-Man Jones, and if Hugh Jackson can win six games with that island of misfit toys, he deserves an extension. Uh, because that is how you can get team chemistry in a locker room like that is 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 astounding. But it hasn't been done yet. So Dez is still, and Pac-Man are both still Ugh. a little shaky, still unemployed. And I don't like that. Pac-Man is at least productive on the field, well, usually. Well, he's, 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 he's dropping. Getting, he's 35 years old. I mean, he's he's been a, a freak of nature to, to stay in the league as long as he has. He's not a big guy. He's immensely talented. He is immensely talented. And we want to see that continue. But I've seen some things, uh, uh, some video on Pac-Man Jones, and I'm going, your God, don't unleash this man on society. I mean, it, uh, it, it's scary. I got a job for him, assistant coach at Independence Community College. <laughs> well, he might, he might work out well there. I don't know. He uh, could be an Uber driver uh, or Lyft. I don't, I don't know. But if you're looking at nothing against Uber drivers and Lyft drivers, I think they're fantastic. But um, I'm, just, I'm just really concerned that Dez 
uh, is a ship without a rudder right now, and who he lands with, and there's there's you know there's a lot of teams that are making uh, you know an effort, I think, to stay away from it because, and you're seeing this, Terry. I, I think all this we talked about today is the manager. You know, they're talking about you know bullying and the control. I mean, folks, it's it's at the end of the day, it's their money. It's the 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 owners of the team. It's their money, and they can do with it. You know, and, and if they don't, like they'll do, like Jerry Richardson and sell. Of course, you know Richardson was you know was forced out. But I mean, there's going to be in time. You we can say all we want to about them, but folks, if we don't have those people spending their money buying these franchises, paying these contracts, I mean, we've lost the NFL, and that's not what we want happen. So. Right, wrong, or different, you have to have rich people. You have to have them. Because they're the ones that make society turn. They're the wheels of commerce, whether we like it or not. You know how you change it? Become one of them. I'd just like to be that. I just want to be one of them. I figure another year here doing the edge, I'm going to be right there. I might well, actually buy I, I don't think it'll take a year, but yes, yeah. you're right. Here we go. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx, solving the problems of the world. That's what you get here, folks, solving the world's problems. This segment brought to you by also a problem solver in the world, our friend Billy Justice and Vantage. Back to close it down in a minute. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7, The Edge, Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx, bringing you most things very important and critical these days. Uh, well, shout out to our boy Mark Kramer. Mark Kramer, uh, hopefully, will be back. What about a week or so? Uh, August sixth, I think he's ah. he is uh, recovering from some surgery. We had to go uh, babysit. That's how bad it was yesterday when we have to go babysit. It's really bad. We uh, and you know, listen, I uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, taking. Uh, opiates or anything like that but when you've gone through what he's gone through give me all you got i mean if i would take i don't uh if i could take miracle medical marijuana i would probably take it to relieve myself of the pain he has been in if and i, I could can take, relate if i could take medical marijuana i would take it here to relieve myself of the pain of you every day uh and you probably should uh <laughs> maybe we should change this show to the dancing colons what do you think we have been through uh We've been through some some some, some interesting interesting. Uh, this is what happens when you get to be fifty, Terry. Things like that. And you're you're. I mean, you're you're very fortunate so far. You haven't had a lot of uh, medical issues. But trust me, they're coming. Yeah, nobody's they're, reworked. Nobody's reworked them yet. They're they're coming. Uh, I mean, it. Uh, Speaking of issues, I, I want to transition back to We have, we have to more that. issues. Okay. Well, Rich and Bianco, according to James Harrison, Pittsburgh already is a cluster. So maybe Des does fit in with uh, the Browns Antonio and the Brown. Antonio Brown's recruiting him, and so you know, if you're Mike Tomlin, like, hey, uh, is there any? When do they pass a medical marijuana here in Pennsylvania? <laughs> is that going to be done in time for like September? I don't know. Yeah, James Harrison spent one year with this, the the. Uh, Patriots and got thought that was the greatest thing, and then you got the guy that spent time uh, the the guy that's out in San Francisco now uh, that played for UCLA. Name escapes me. Was recruited by LSU. Had family in Louisiana, as a matter of fact. But he was a defensive tackle uh, or end, I believe. And now you know, I mean, I guess it just I guess Belichick's depending on who who you are. He's your cup of tea. Or not any fun to go win all those championships. Not fun. I'm not having fun anymore. That's not the most millennial thing ever. 
I'm not having, I'm not having any fun. He makes me work. Cassius Marsh is who the guy is. Yeah, that got uh, cut by New England or whatever, and he was because he wasn't having fun. Don't, don't everybody? And, uh, don't you guys go to fun every day? Yeah. Where are you going? I'm going to fun. Not me. I'm going to work. Well, let me ask you this: Why doesn't Des? Why doesn't New England hit him up? I wonder because he's been able. You know, Belichick's been able to kind of take players who have had a little bit of a. That's not a bad history. idea. That's not a bad. You know, if why don't we, they take a? They may on get Des. him off the bargain basement table. Yeah. You know where you go to the store and there's like uh, seven for one. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? Well, how did this? I found the perfect landing spot at New England. I, don't be surprised for Des. Don't be surprised. And while you're at it, bring Pac-Man Jones on board too. Yeah, that, you know, even Belichick's going. I don't know about that. I, my junior college coach to go back to our Independence thing, who is a Hall of Fame guy mm-hmm. and a very, very faith-based individual who, who rarely would ever say anything. Every once in a while, he would utter under his breath uh, a very mild expletive, but nobody could hear him when he well, was really that was upset. Frustration, yeah, but I was like, the, I almost fell out the first time I heard it. But a great guy, been a father figure to me. But he had a, a quote one time. He goes, "You know, you can get one donkey on your team." Mm-hmm. But if you get two, they breed <laughs> and corrupt everyone else. Yes. Well, here you have a ton of them at Independence, Kansas, uh, and, and it's just JUCO. I mean, that's just sort of the. But the the, the most uh, disillusion, the, the the guy the easiest to dislike out of the whole group was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was a kid from uh, the Valley in California, in Los Angeles, and so the head coach is from Compton, right? And so they don't like Valley kids because they're soft. Well, this kid is sort of the epitome of the soft kid, arguing with everything, defiant, very, very talented. And it was Josh Rosen. Uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't hold Josh Rosen's. Really? Uh, no. Really? No. No, no, no. I mean, not, not skill-wise, but, I mean, as far as personality is what you're no, saying. No, no, I don't think so. He's, he's uh, no, I, I didn't think so because he's arguing with the play calls and this, that, and the other. and uh, not He's a leader when everything is good. I mean, he's a, he's a millennial. He's like, well, I was in a big-time place like Florida State. Well, dude, you ain't there no more. Mm-hmm. There's a reason you're not. We tell our kids that you're There is a reason you are where you are. There's a reason I'm here. <laughs> There's a reason you're here. So we here. might as well enjoy each other and make well, the best of the it. The point being yeah. is you have a chance to get out. Right, right. All right, it's almost like purgatory. You're here. You can get out. <laughs> but I'm stuck here in hell. But I'm stuck here in purgatory forever. Or, yeah. you know, you try to get. But it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, people just. There's so many people. And my son, my youngest son, had no con. Like, man, there are people that grow up like that every day. Their value system is just simply different. Uh, and you see that on full display because the biggest thing is they try to keep them from going home. What are you going to do when you go home? I don't know. Coming, Not coming back. I'm not coming back. And this is like after every game. Like every game, they're wanting to quit, and some of them do. And uh, you spend time, you literally – take kids and i've done this before you take them and you lead them to their class you wait till it's over you walk them to their next class you walk them to their and people are like oh there ain't no way i'd do that i'd get people that really want yeah and you get fired yeah because you're trying to make a difference in the kids lives and it's some the kids don't see it the kids don't see it for a while Mm -hmm. i i there's four or five of them i talk to weekly on facebook that played for me there were pretty much those kids and they're coach thank you so much i never understood that because they didn't come up in an environment of a family that valued education. Yeah. And so if you don't, you know, if, if you live in the mountains and all you do is mountain climb and stuff like that, you got no concept of what a beach is. 
All right. So it's just it's not better or worse. It's just different. And appreciating those values, I think, makes for a stronger team, a stronger person. And you're trying to educate because ultimately that's the end of the day. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to educate people and show them the value in themselves. When a lot of these kids, Jamie, the only reason they should see value in themselves because they can catch a football or shoot a basketball. Yeah. And after that, it's, uh, you know, and once that's over, uh, they lose their sense of identity. I mean, I give my my mom, God rest her soul, uh, a lot of credit because she, I remember she was tough. I mean, it was listen and obey. I mean, it was, but she was a strong figure in my life because my dad traveled a lot. And so she was the constant there, right? And she made an effort to make sure that every day, and we could play sports, and but she made an effort to make sure we had a meal together every night. And that's huge now. What percentage you guys do? I, I bet you people huge. don't do it anymore. No, and, and in fact, they're doing commercials about it now, about what you can do, what makes the difference now. Simply having a meal together at the end of the day, sharing your day with your child or your spouse or whatever, it's huge. It's huge. And now we're seeing some of the – and what do you see as a result of that? Well, watch Terry's the show about independence community. See what happens when there's not good parenting involved and there's not a, a you know a good – Support system or the in place. Parents are working. Or the, yeah, the parents, parents are working and they're never around their they're children. Never home. I, yeah. I've got a really good friend of mine. That's what he's in Texas now, and his wife commutes an hour and a half every day to work. He works seventeen-hour days, and grandma is basically raising their child. Mm-hmm. That's a tough call. I don't care. I mean, if you're not there, you have a hard time making a lot of impact. Well, why are you not there? Well, because I'm trying to provide everything for everybody. So it's yeah. It's a, it's a different world than what it was. So interesting takes today, man. Appreciate uh, what it takes to raise a family nowadays. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's, it, it's a lot different than maybe what it was. So a lot of different ways to do it. So anyway, uh, good stuff today, man. Stay tuned for Sean Fox Sports Company coming your way at Three Bells today. Appreciate our sponsors, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. Uh, our friends, G.B. Cooley. Uh, Spinevale, Spinevale, pamper the special person. Pamper the special people. I need a. I need to be pampered after I, this one. Des Bryant needs to be pampered. Des Bryant is pampered. He That's is. his problem. Um, at any rate, uh, also Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union, uh, Vantage Health Plan. I sort of went brain dead. Thank you for a second. And our title sponsor, Dr. David Weber, Northburner Animal Hospital, best pet care you're going to get anywhere in the free world. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe. 318-345-4545 for Jamie Fox for John Tabor. I'm Terry Walter. Aloha. You guys have a great day.